Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. This is a Believe in Betting Chicago quick hit as the Cubs have just defeated the Milwaukee Brewers 9-1 to to take the series two out of three in their first series of a 60-game sprint of a season. We're going to go We're gonna go fast and furious here. Dan Sanders, Joyce, welcome back to the pod, my friend, for a quick hit. What did you like about the game today? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot to pick from from the buffet. There sure is uh, a lot to talk about, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking about our starting pitching. I thought we had another great outing from uh, from our starting pitching. Tyler Chatwood hit six innings, three hits. Uh, how many strikeouts did he have? Uh, eight strikeouts for a guy who's got a career high eleven. Um, that's uh, listen, nothing to complain about from from Chatwood's uh, Chatwood's first outing this season. Step in the right direction, and guys, check the tapes. I got the receipts. Uh, this is me, Joey, 1-0 and right now on Chatwood starts for the season because all the way back in January when I was talking to Sean, this was kind of something I had been instinctually feeling for a while of this is just the classic case of a guy signs a big contract, first year he sucks, doesn't live up to the deal, second year he doesn't even get an opportunity to make that money, but sort of maybe gives you the glimpse and the glimmers of what maybe the Cubs organization was thinking about. And then this third year, obviously, he's going to pitch lights out. He's going to price himself out, and he'll probably go to some other team. And some <laughs> other idiot team will give him four years and $45 million or whatever. But uh, that's, that's happened just yet. Yeah, Tyler Chatwood looked really good. He looked confident. He looked loose. He was pumping strikes. And, hey, punched out Christian Yelich three times. I yeah. mean, name anyone else on the Cubs pitching staff that can do that, Dan, because I can't. Listen, I, I think that's a huge takeaway from this series, too, is really limiting the damage that Christian Yelich can do to you. Uh, I think we got, we got out of this with, with one home run. I will take that any day of the week. Yeah, great start so far. Obviously, you know, let's just uh, – we're going to talk about the series as a whole, but let's just talk about this game right now. We're going to get to Darvish. Don't you worry. But let's <laughs> also talk about a little bit, too. The wind was blowing out today, 17, 18, 20 miles per hour. Crazy. Looked like a sweltering hot day. They literally had to take Casey Sadler out of the game because he was sweating too much. He could not grip the baseball. But what I liked so much, Dan, was that when the wind is blowing out, typically you think the Cubs are going to be swinging for the fences. That wasn't necessarily the case for the first half of the game. And they were scoring runs by, you know, drawing some walks, getting some base hits, hitting some balls down the line. And that was really nice to see. Yeah, what we talk about in that first game, you know, we, we – we love to see that long ball, but for, for sort of longevity success, you want to see run creation. You want to see guys on the bags, and you want to see getting moved over. And I thought we did that really, really well today. Um, Kyle Schwarber looks really good up at the plate right now. He's looking, he's looking tasty these days. Um, happy with Victor Caratini and what he's doing uh, so far. Nico Horny looks great, um, uh, at least in this game. Um, Ian Happ, come on. Let's keep going with the, with this version of Ian Happ that we've got right now. Yeah, just let him sit at the nine spot in the lineup and just let him kind of do his thing. So real quick, one of the big keys that we've done on the Chicago Cubs preview kind of bore out the today, the bottom half of the lineup, eight of 18 hitters, five through nine, eight of 18 for the game with eight RBIs, six runs scored, two walks, four extra base hits. And it got started, you know, the right way with you talking about Kyle Schwarber earlier. Absolutely. For those who didn't watch the game, smoked a double into the corner to get us going. They moved him over to third base, and then Jay Hay does what he does best, rolls a grounder over to second base, but it was actually, you know what, he made contact, he got the run in, got us on the board, and gave yeah. us an early lead. I have a strange feeling that we might be one of those teams where if you get, if we can secure a lead in that first, you know, third of the game, 
we look like a completely different team than we probably would. You know, yesterday we were playing from behind. Couldn't really get anything going on offense. Looks like we're a team that likes to play with the lead. Who doesn't? But it could be an early sign of success. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree with that. What else did you like about the game, Dan? Uh, let's talk a little about Nico Horner here. Uh, there isn't a baseball that he does not hit hard these days. Yeah. So Dude. far, so good. And this is sort of trending in the direction, just a touch where in a couple weeks from now, could he be our leadoff hitter? I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but let's have fun. If he keeps hitting the ball hard, can he be our leadoff guy? I, I, listen, it's really the one thing that every announcer has kind of talked about so far this season with the Cubs. Like Ever since Dexter Fowler left, who is going to fill that position in a Cubs lineup as the, as the leadoff? And you know, as much as I love KB, it's not happening yet. Um, and I'm, I, we're not even seeing him really go that deep into counts like he was that first game. Listen, we're three games in. Who knows where, where we're going with all of this? But, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to see that same discipline that we saw from KB in the first game still going, uh, still going in. He's, he's hitting the ball, and he got his first hit today. Uh, you know, we're seeing signs of some life, but we got to find somebody to fill that, fill that spot. Anyway, to answer your question, Joey, why not? Why not? Why not put him up there and give him a shot? I mean, at this point now, give it to the kid who's the youngest and doesn't know any better, right? Because no matter who we seem to put up there, whatever, no matter what established cubby hitter that we love near and dear to our heart, you know, you can only do Rizzo for so many games at the leadoff spot. But, you know, Jason Hayward, Kyle Schwarber, even Chris Bryant right now. Chris Bryant halfway through the game looks straight up frustrated, right? Yeah. He, popped one, he popped one pitch up that he probably should have hit a mile, especially on a day when the wind's blowing out. He did get that base hit. It was almost like a cracked base hit that kind of just floated out there. You know, it looks good in the batting average. Probably feels good in the brain. Yeah. It didn't necessarily feel good with the swing. Right. But, yeah, you know, he's kind of – he's searching for it a little bit right now. And we're only three games in. But it is fair, I think, due to the Cubs' leadoff woes the past four seasons, Dan, since Dexter Fowler, as to whether, you know, you know it, it, is that having some sort of effect on him? It's possible. Uh, KB, I mean, it could. Listen, we we look like the the receipt list of the Cleveland Brown quarterbacks from the last twelve years uh, for our leadoff spot. And I think we've had thirty something uh, players try and try and hit that leadoff spot since Dexter Fowler left. Yeah, and, and what's nice about it is today was a day where we didn't need the top four guys to really do much. I mean, Kyle Schwarber got us started early on in the game, but and then Rizzo went deep later. But it was really that back half of that lineup there, you know getting a couple walks, some base hits, just really sort of, you know, starting to chase some of the Milwaukee Brewers mill relief pitching out of the game that really kind of gave us that lead. And then we were able to attack it on a little bit later with some insurance runs. We were able to go deep. All of a sudden we were kind of like, wow, you know, our lineup is really coming alive. And then Dan, I had to remind myself of something. Uh, that was Justin Grimm out there. Yeah. <laughs> that the Cubs were hitting off of. That's right. Gosh, you know, as a Cubs fan, it's just really nice to be on the other side of that fence, huh? It's really oh. nice to go next door and see what it's like when Justin Grimm is serving you up taters instead of you watching them go out of the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, it felt, it felt, it felt nice. It felt nice. It felt sweet, sweet revenge a little bit. <laughs> like, what are we? We're God. We're really tortured. Oh, it's Justin Grimm. <laughs> oh, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, but that fourth inning, you know, that's, that's exactly what you want to see. I think we went walk, double, walk, single, 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 or something like that. It was, uh, it's, it's exactly what you want to see out of a ball club, especially, um, 
you know, uh, in these early in these early games, getting some stuff going, getting everybody involved, getting everybody on the bags, and and bringing them in to score. Yeah, I you know everyone when someone scuffles out of the gate, you do talk about oh it's a really long season, but you do want everyone to kind of get a piece, get a feel for the positivity just a little bit in those first few games. Typically, that's why you end up seeing guys from the bench that normally don't play every day kind of get a shot. Like right. today was the day where. You know, Elmore didn't bat, but, you know, he was going to go into the game as a defensive replacement. We saw Josh Fegley getting a bat in this game, too, as well. You got to give everyone a little bit of a piece of the pie. And, you know, we haven't used Kimbrell yet, and some might say, you know, you got to get him into game action. I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with it. Let's just keep Kimbrell, keep him on ice. <laughs> Let's just keep him on ice right now. We mm-hmm. want him as charged up as we possibly can, right? Absolutely. You know, if we can keep getting our starters to go deep into these games, six, seven innings, throw a couple complete games in there every once in a while uh, and get some big leads, I'm fine with Kimbrell making a bunch of money for having very little work to do. And something that we haven't really done, we haven't really done a lot last season was we took a series from the Brewers. And honestly, yeah, really nice to see. I thought the Cubs did a nice job. I mean, let's just talk a little bit more macro. Let's talk about the series as a whole. And then, you know, moving forward, we're going to go to Cincinnati. We're going to go to Pittsburgh now. You know, Cincinnati is a whole other ball of cats. I'm, we might reserve judgment on, on what's going on with their situation right now until we get some more information. But they did not have a very good day in terms of COVID-19 test results. But in terms of this series right here, I mean, obviously, what, what, what didn't you like out of this last three-game series? Something that maybe you said, ah, I really wish I could have seen little bit more of that or you know hopefully next time around we get the thing that we're expecting you know I mean I think um the two games that we won we were dominant in those games I think yesterday you know you kind of mentioned it after that first game it's a it's a a second show uh in a a run you know that opening night uh energy and you're at home uh with all those crazy CGI fans uh going nuts um you know and uh we looked good in those first two games. That second game, I thought we looked a little sloppy. There were some breakdowns in the infield. Um, pitching wasn't as together as it could have been. Although, listen, I just want to – first and second inning from Darvish looked shaky. Third inning, he looked lights out. And then decides to come back after that weird scuffle that happened in between the third and the fourth and hit the first guy coming, out, coming into the fourth inning. And it just sort of like – it just sort of imploded around him uh, after that, you know. Um, he still pitched okay, uh, had some okay pitching uh, against against individual batters, but like, man, that third inning he looked locked in, and I thought, okay, let's go, let's see what you Darvish is going to look like this year, and then just uh, let let his let his emotions maybe get to him a little bit. I I, I don't know. I, I'm a little I'm a little overextended on that on that hit uh, to start the fourth inning. I thought it was a little out of place. He's really hard to figure out, even to this day, even with a great second half last season. Um, a couple things in regards to that. Yeah, he, you know, the thing with you, Darvish, and this is even when we talk and think about him as Cubs fans, is he has such a hard time maintaining the air in his momentum balloon, right? You nailed it perfectly. Perfect. He looked amazing in that third inning. All the stuff was working for him. He got into a rhythm. He was pumping strikes, doing whatever he wanted. And then that fourth inning, what does he do? Just lets the air out just a little bit, right? Hits the guy, gets into a little bit of trouble. Next thing you know, his pitch count is up. I will say, to be fair, and this is a little nitpicky, but uh, and I hate to do it because it's a cliche, but when C.B. Buckner is calling strikes behind the plate and you Darvish is on the mound, that's basically like drinking tequila and milk. 
Uh, it's a, it's it's a bad mix. It's a bad mix, and there were a couple of pitches that I think that you know maybe could have gone used way that maybe could have changed the complexion of a couple of pitch counts here and there. Uh, you know that 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 whole thing aside. Yeah, and, and and again, another frustrating outing for a guy who probably has the best talent stuff wise on the team, and then you go and see what a dude like Tyler Chatwood did today. Man. And man, Tyler Chatwood. You know, they couldn't figure him out. You know, he had that curveball. He had that slider at the back foot going for him. He even was, you know, his changeup is still 90 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and he was flashing the kind of stuff that, that was obviously daunting for the Brewers' offense to figure out. And I think that's something that the Cubs' rotation has kind of been missing the last few years. The reason why they gave Darvish $126 million, the reason why they gave Chatwood $38 million, and I think those are the type of things moving forward that we really need to see is those dudes that have that kind of talent and potential really come to the fruition and perform. And Dan, you made a great point, man. And I just want to kind of ask you real quick, you know, the, the, the base running, uh, you know, Lorenzo Cain, you know, pulling magic tricks on the Cubs infield is this is not the first time that it's happened. Um, again, very sloppy, not able to run, you know, to be able to execute a pickle properly. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that these teams haven't been able to go through the fundamentals uh, in earnest the past couple of weeks, revving up to this season, or honestly, this is kind of shit that we've been seeing from them the past couple of years as a Cubs defense. Yeah, maybe. I mean, especially for the talent that resides in that in that infield too. For for Rizzo not to know to go back to cover first base just seems like that's. Uh, it's one thing to say maybe they didn't have time to go over fundamentals, but these are fundamentals that these guys have been practicing since they were six years old. You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not, that's not being a little, uh, a step behind on flipping a double play. That's, that's just mental breakdowns. You know, that's not the mechanics working or anything like that. That's mental breakdown. Yeah. And even back to high school, I remember doing the drills and our coach would scream at us. Like if you're, if you're at a third throw and a pickle, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, right. by the time you, you know, you, you get it to the next guy, obviously, and then that guy closes out. Right. And one more throw after that, you should have that, that part pretty much figured it out. If you extend past that, you probably did it wrong somewhere along the way. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of hoping, hopefully something that they can clear up. You know, heading into the week, you know, they go on the road now. We stay in the division. You know, these games against Cincinnati are going to be tough. You know, Pittsburgh would probably be pretty tough, too. They've got some talent on that team as well, so they got to take care of business. I do want to say, kind of heading out here on a final note, and I want to hear you, if you want to throw in anything else in, uh, please feel free, but I've kind of been enjoying, this team looks a little bit looser to me. Especially than last year, absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? The reason why we fell in love with these Cubs wasn't just because that they were young and talented, but in 15 and 16, they were fun to watch, right? They would get base hits, and they had their own little gestures of either like wash your hair. You know, when guys would walk up to the plate, they'd all be clapping and the, to the music of the guy that was doing the walk-up music. You know, there was a fun factor to it. And not to say that they weren't, you know, still clapping last season, but for some reason it felt like the team was a little too profesh. And I've already seen a couple things already where, you know, Rizzo with the hand sanitizer at first base, Baez doing the, the, the cool, uh, the woman's uh, softball uh, pitch delivery, uh, trying yeah. to get Sadler, the, the, dry, the dry rag. And I don't know, it just sort of seems like I can't tell if they, they're just so happy that baseball's back or this team just seems a little bit looser. What do you think, Dan? I, I think maybe that, that could be um, 
part of Rossi being there uh, right now. You know, he was, I think, a big part of that 15-16 uh, teams that that brought the sort of like looseness and silliness to the to the team. Um, and listen, these guys stop. These guys uh, have sorry for those of you that can't see my ninety pound pit bull is sort of attacking me because he didn't he didn't just hit his own butt because he couldn't stop shaking his butt. It's his dog, folks. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, I think I think Rossi uh, might might be facilitating a little bit of that sort of like, hey guys, let's go out and have a good time. Uh, we don't really know what's happening in the world. I think, you know, maybe psychologically, we talk about everything that's happening in the world and sort of how insignificant a game like baseball really is. But but how it is sort of a, a joy bringer for a lot of people when we need some joy right now. And um, I think if these guys are having a good time, they kind of know that everybody that's watching them is having a good time. Um, so, you know, uh, whatever the reasoning is for it, uh, I'm glad to see it because I, I think you're right. You know, last year, especially, they sort of white knuckled uh, their way through the season. And when you're gripping that hard, you know, you're going you're gonna to make some mistakes and you're going to let some things slip through. Um, yeah, it just didn't seem like the team had maybe as much fun last season, even when they were going good. You know, not, I'm not talking about when they lost nine in a row in September. I'm talking about the whole season. I just didn't really get that fun vibe. And you're, and you're right, right? Like, you know, I go outside and I walk with my dog and I'm like, yes, outside. Like, there's something 10 to 15% that I'm savoring a little bit more um, than I perhaps maybe took for granted before. Maybe that's going on with the players. And we're only three games in. But, like, you know, let's put it on the record. There's a part of me also, too, that's like, you know, Joe Madden came in and all these kids, all these dudes were really young. Right. And I'm not saying that he babied them, but you know, there came a point where he was with them for four or five years and Joe Madden still had this, this odd sense of being protective of these guys um, at certain times. And for me, I think there maybe is a bit of a fresh, fresh air situation where, you know, can Joe Madden ever really truly treat these guys as men or is he always going to kind of look at him as the kids that he sort of raised up and I know a little bit better and I know your safeguards, you know, uh, you know, letting Hendricks go deep into games, uh, you know, let Kyle Schwarber hit against left-handers, um, you know, the list kind of goes on and on, you know, pulling defensive replacements late in games. And maybe with the David Ross situation is he's already been teammates with them, so he's already had to kind of respect and treat them as men. And maybe that's something that the Cubs are, Cubs players are able to embrace now of, yeah, hey, you know, we know what we need to do, when we need to be there. And, you know, I've worked for managers that are friends of mine before. And uh, let me tell you something. Everyone thinks that, you know, you'll be able to get away with more. Honestly, I think you kind of get away with less because that dude's your friend. Like, not only do you respect that dude, but you want him to look just as good as he wants you to look good. So there's kind of a two-way street going on a little bit. So you, I would actually go out of my way more to probably be more professional in a work atmosphere if my friend was a manager as opposed to someone that is just, you know, kind of my authority figure that I, that I answer to. I don't know. Am I onto something or? Yeah, I, I think you are. I think uh, another piece to that is that he's been in the locker room with these guys hearing about Schwarber saying, I wish I could get up against left-handers. Kyle saying, I wish I could go deep into games. You know what I mean? Like he's been around those guys knowing their frustrations when Madden sort of wouldn't let the leash go a little bit and has that in him going forward with making these decisions of like, all right, let's, especially this early on, I know it's a shortened season, but let's be honest, 60 games is still 
a lot of real estate to cover. And so I think especially in these early games, he can be saying, okay, you've been wanting to prove this. Let's prove it. Here you go. Here's your opportunity. Here's your chance. Um, I think it's great that Kyle has been in the starting lineup as our left fielder or in the outfield all three games. You know, I, I think we talked about this after the first game that everybody sort of assumed that Kyle Schwarber was going to be our DH the entire year. He would just sort of occupy that spot and maybe every once in a while get some playtime out in the outfield. But it looks like, you know, Ross is saying, hey, you take pride in your, in your, in your outfield abilities. Uh, I trust you. I believe in you. You're one of my guys. Get out there um, and do it. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And also, yeah, to your point, you know, Ian Happ plays three games in a row. I know it's early, but still at the same time, that's not necessarily something that happened very often in the Joe Madden era. And I agree with that completely in terms of the DH, especially if you're in the National League. I would treat that thing more as a flex position, more as as, as an A guy goes to that one place. Because totally. we've talked about that before. You are going to want Almora out in center field for some games for that defense. So you can put Happ at DH if you want to. You can get KB a spot DH. You can let Rizzo a day off at first base. That, and then obviously we saw that yesterday with Caratini behind the plate with you, Darvish. Wilson Contreras can stay in the lineup, which Listen, is our, a huge thing for them. We've had our top two catchers in the lineup both games. Or all three games. Sorry, all three games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and Carantini is, is a solid hitter. And he's, and you know what I mean? He can handle the bat and he's actually a guy that we like and we wouldn't mind having in there. So I think that so far so good in terms of that, in terms of lineup construction, I do like what David Ross is doing. He's stuck to his guns. Obviously he hasn't changed much, but what he has, I think is going, going pretty well so far, especially with Schwarber swinging the bat the way that he is. Uh, Dan, that's going to do it, man. That was our Believe in Betting Chicago quick hit. Uh, final thoughts before we get out of here. Yeah, I just want to say one thing. I think that uh, the National League Central is the toughest division in baseball. However, we have the least amount of ground to cover during this whole season. So our travel days are not going to be that bad. Um, we are playing a lot of games right on top of each other. But because we don't have that far to travel, I think that really goes in our favor. I, uh, I'm, I'm inter- I, I've liked a lot of what I've seen the first three games. Um, and I'm really interested to see how the season plays out. Yeah, and the other factor, too, is that the uh, obviously there's going to be a lot more night games. There are not going to be as many day games, too, as well uh, during out this summer process. And just being on the Chicago Cubs, that kind of helps them get into a little bit more of a routine. Uh, fans love day games, but fans can't be at the games. Therefore, let's just do a whole bunch of night games. I'll keep them on a routine, too, as well. Dan, thank you so much for joining. Cubs win 9-1. to one. Take the series 2-1 to one from the Brewers. They are over 500 right now, Dan. Uh, heading into today's action, there were only two teams that were undefeated. It was the Padres and the Astros. So it's already tight. It's already bunched up. But uh, Cubs pick up a big win today. They hit the ball at the ballpark. And they also move the bases around with some walks and some hits. Got a great pitching performance from Tyler Chatwood. The bullpen did not mess up. It did all right. It did well. Yeah. And now we head to Cincinnati for, for an even bigger test. Thank you so much for joining. This is Believe in Betting Chicago. Check us out the rest of this week. We've got more pods coming up. We're talking baseball. We're talking basketball this week, too, as well. So I hope that you join us. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Uh, Be safe, be kind, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.